Yeah, 28 minutes it is after 8 p.m. And undoubtedly, the big story in the world of tech over the last week or so has to be uh, the looming acquisition of a telecom by uh, MTN, telecommunications giant MTN, expressing its interest in a 24 billion rand deal here, mooted uh, to acquire Telcom and all of the share capital of Telcom. And uh, as you can imagine, this certainly won't get many of the workers who work at Telcom very, very happy. Joining me on the line uh, to talk about this is uh, the General Secretary of the Communication Workers Union, Aubrey Shabalala, uh, to uh, talk through, I guess, uh, yeah, some of their thoughts on this particular merger. Uh, Comrade Nopala, how are you? Uh, good evening, uh, Ayawonga, and uh, to Metro FM listeners. Thank you very much for joining us. Um, it must have felt like deja vu, uh, Nopala, when you saw this uh, coming out in the news cycles because many, many years ago, uh, you also witnessed as the Communication Workers Union the partial privatization of Telcom and its sale uh, to Malaysian investors at the time. Uh, and uh, you also quote, I guess, in your statements, uh, then presidency or head of then head of the presidency, Smart Ngonyama, saying, uh, I did not join the struggle to be poor. Wh- where do these two strands meet? This uh, notion that there's an elite that benefits from this and, of course, this particular merger. Well, uh, indeed, Ayabonga, we are back here again. And uh, let me also make emphasis that uh, it was not only at the Telcom uh, Malaysian deal, but uh, we remember that uh, there was also the selling of Vodacom around 2007, which also led to a number of workers uh, displaced and uh, many retrenched in Telcom and Vodacom. So we are back again here. And uh, just to make emphasis, uh, we we ought to remind the public that uh, the Telcom, I mean, uh, MTN and Vodacom, in true sense of things, they are not necessarily private sector companies. And I think the, the, the South, South African society has been robbed the daylight, uh, daylight robbery uh, because these are the businesses that were established at the backbone of a state intervention in 1994, meaning that taxpayers' money were used, but there were also inter-exchange fees that were used. Uh, so that when you phone either from one network to another, you pay inter connection fee that was collected by Telcom at the time so that it can continue to build the infrastructure of MTN and Vodacom. Later on, of course, uh, there were standalone companies that uh, we've seen a lot of comrades that uh, occupied positions of, um, you know, board members and so forth, benefiting there, the things of triple PEE. But the working class, and the poor did not benefit anything. Instead, even today, we are crying about high data rates and so on and so forth. But these companies are thriving not only in South Africa, not only in Africa, but even in the Middle East. So uh, this is where you find comrades benefiting from the days of Smart Nguanyama right up until now, where we see Mwabi Sijonas is the head of the of the MTN board. Mm. And before that, we had Cyril Ramaphosa before he obviously um, uh, worked out because he was going to be a president. And many other comrades, and Tony was a CEO of uh, MTN not long ago. He moved out of MTN. A couple of weeks ago, he was appointed to be in the board of uh, Telcom. So it tells you that it's a well-orchestrated plan that is now on session. Mm. 
Now, now I guess the, the other dynamic, of course, um, which I think for me raises some question marks, is you are saying there's an established track record here when there's any capital structuring or restructuring in telecom, that that often follows a loss in jobs. And you say in uh, you know the 2000s, um, telecom employed about 67,000 people in the 90s and now only has about 11,000. Um, and the suggestion that you're making is that you know, whenever this kind of thing happens, it's always subsequently followed by slashing of the workforce and, of course, for consumers, a rise in prices. Yes, absolutely. Uh, th- there's a number of things that comes with it. Uh, you'll remember that this process starting firstly by unbundling uh, telecom. Uh, today, you are not so sure whether you see a telecom worker, whether it's open safe, whether it's telecom, whether it's telecom mobile. So there's various divisions at telecom that have been created. Precisely for the one point is that they have to maximize profit. But at the same time, as you know, that the telecom is a SOE. It has a, a footprint everywhere in the country in terms of the infrastructure. But there was a decay. There was a period of decay in the infrastructure where the copper was supposed to be replaced by optic fiber. That process took long to allow deliberately the private sector to take that space. And what does it mean? It means that the poor, me and you, have to fit the bill because uh, we are obviously going to be charged by private sector at a high rate. You'll recall the advertise of Molum uh, Shobuami that, that was there in the, around the early 2000s, mm. which was a promise uh, that uh, they are going to have a universal access uh, for, for internet, for telephones and so forth. That did not uh, even succeed. What succeeded is that we, we find the oversaturation of the network um, uh, services in the urban areas and where the business is booming. The poor in the outskirts still remains without the internet access and all of those things. So that's one point. But of course, uh, telecom today is uh, 11,000 so workers from 67,000. And uh, you find um, uh, MTN on the consistently drive to retrench workers every year almost every single quarter of the year, MTN does retrench, and they don't always make an excuse about technology intervention and so on and so forth. But the harsh reality is that the South Africans are at the back foot of these multinational companies with a high level of profit being gained from this country without any benefit and so forth. That's why we find it very important for us that we must oppose this deal and, uh, of course, uphold the, the Competition Commission insofar as this matter is concerned. And just in your opposition of this deal, I mean, maybe give us a sense of where this thing is at the moment. I mean, you, you, you suggest in your statement, and let me maybe read this statement. You are saying, in a rather odd than usual manner of engagement with the union, MTN, in a nicodemical manner, approached the CCMA for the initiation of a Section 189 in the financial department. Simultaneously, Telcom has invited the union into a virtual meeting to discuss a Section 197, which involves a transfer of, of business uh, at the OpenServe operating unit into a separate legal entity. These are things I assume that are happening now. What clues are you, I guess, reading into these uh, issues, the Section 198 at MTN and then the transfer of business, Section 197 at Telcom? Firstly, with MTN, we have established a way of engaging, a rule of engagement, Especially when things of this nature are about to happen, we have the 
what we'll call the heads up type of a meeting where we'll engage prior to this thing happen. But on this, in this case, uh, we find that we are invited into a meeting where the deadlines have been set that uh, come end of September, the 24th precisely, workers should be gone, uh, you know, in that uh, division. At the same time, we receive a letter from uh, Telcom suggesting that uh, they are embarking on Section 197, meaning the transfer of business, uh, open serve, which hold the infrastructure of Telcom in terms of the network. What does that mean? It means that uh, there's already an alignment of, of business into this deal. Now, there's two things that we pick up. Uh, you have to deal with the staff numbers when these two entities match. Now, they started with finance, but this afternoon again, uh, just as I was preparing for this interview, MTN has sent us another discussion paper, which will later on discuss the, the, the divisions of call centers, the divisions of uh, warehouse and various other divisions, which will tell you, uh, as we have predicted in our press statement, that it will be opening a floodgate of a mass drop losses going forward. So also the preparation, remember, we always say that this thing will come up with uh, job losses and they will say there will be no job losses. This time around, the strategy is let's do it before we go into the deal. By the time we get into the deal, everything will appear as being successful and above board and no one else have lost their job. Whilst in reality, these things happen prior to that. So hence, we find it very important that uh, we, we approach the competition commission. But over and, and above this, um, in the organization, I was listening to your clip on the things that are happening at NUMSA, and it's so unfortunate. Prior to my, 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 my suspension, uh, there was this uh, a call to have the spectrum auctioned or the release of spectrum. Mm. And uh, one of the things that we are consistently raising is that there should be a, a participatory of one of the two things, new players in, in the market, the SMEs, and of course, the job security for workers and also a commitment to create new jobs. That's what the spectrum should have provided for this country. But over and above, it's our plight as a country. We said that our data tariffs are amongst the highest in the world. So our government had an opportunity to regulate and make the giant, the duopoly, Vodacom and MTN, to commit on at least reducing the cost of data prices. What happened? The, 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 the working class has been closed outside, the SMEs, the, the new role players, everyone else was closed outside. The deal was sealed. Uh, what happened after the deal? Now the companies have more power to buy over telecom. And we are saying it's a daylight dropper because telecom actually established those companies. And the, mm. the, 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 the spectrum itself did not play its meaningful role in terms of the developmental state of state intervention in terms of creating jobs, in terms of dropping the tariffs, in terms of building the infrastructure. Going beyond this point again, both companies, Telcom and MTN and Vodacom, they are selling their towers, mm. the network towers. Yes. Uh, one of the companies that uh, bought a bunch of it is IHS, which uh, some of the head offices are in Europe and in Dubai. What does it mean that about our security in terms of the network security if our, our country's network is controlled outside the country? So these are some of the things that we need to raise and we cannot divorce this issue mm. from what is happening from the rest of other SOEs in South Africa because it, show, it shows you that there's a certain tragedy 
that you collapse all the SOEs, bring in the multinational companies to take over and at the expense of the working class. I mean, I can't let you go without going further on that comment that you've raised, um, especially in the sectors within which you organize. Two related issues. One, we heard of the rumors and the murmurs. I don't know if it's true because I haven't seen any subsequent reports of the looming liquidation of post office. I'd love to hear your thoughts on that um, and just the crisis there. And then the second issue, reports over the weekend of uh, here, the SABC, the public broadcaster, of uh, potential private sector sales tie up with prime media, including this year platform Metro FM. Nitin uh, Nopal. Uh, if you recall, I'll start with the SAPC. If you recall, we've raised this issue even during the time of retrenchment that the plan is to unbundle and liquidate SAPC as a state-owned uh, public broadcaster and opening spaces for private sector to, to come in. And uh, we, have, we have lamented about SAPC not using its powers to uh, you know, abstract revenue from various streams. So that's the first point. The second point when it comes to post office, there's absolutely no need for post office to be liquidated or to collapse. Absolutely no need. What they're preaching us, um, to us, I mean, firstly, is that uh, the business of post office is outdated. That is untrue. The second point is that uh, post office has no money, it's always going for bailout. That is true, but there are causes for that. And the reason that I'm saying the business of post office is not necessarily outdated because of technology, no. Many post offices in the world are thriving. Today, when you drive around Ayabonga, you'll see a DSV um, Korea company. You'll see the Korea Kai company. You'll see the DHL. Those are multinational companies that are making it in the post and Korea sector. Mm. And in addition to that, it tells you that that business is booming. Particularly now, there's things like, uh, you know, uh, BioLine and so on and so forth. You have your Uber Eats, you have all of those things. So it tells you that post office actually have a blueprint in terms of business. But second point is that uh, issues like your shop right, uh, I'm sorry to mention the names of um, mm, institutions. Um, you know, you send them money from, from Johannesburg to someone else using the shop right uh, uh, processes. But you must all remember that this is the post office initiative. We used to have the blue books, Abu Mamabit. But, uh, of course, it should have advanced technologically to, to speed up with time in mm. terms of the money transaction. And then coming to, to the point of, uh, uh, I think you've asked the SAPC. Um, post no, no, office. I mean, I, I think you've covered me just on the post office issue. But you know on what I find so surprising yeah. just on, on the post office issue? Yeah. Is that, so, so, yeah, yeah, go yeah. ahead. Yeah, so th- th- there is a, a, a concerted effort uh, to actually collapse the SOE. And to what end, I'm not so sure whether, because we once preached about a developmental state. I mean, you can see it even at ESCOM. But the point that we are trying to advise to, to whose class interest are these things happening? Because forever when you raise these issues, you'll be told that uh, you are bringing your socialist ideology and so on and so forth. But the bottom line is that all these interventions that have been happening through private sector have failed the society at large dismally. And uh, we think that uh, to build the state capacities to maintain this institution, you'll imagine this country without a public broadcaster, what it will look like in, term, in the latest development of fake news and so on and so forth. So we need these institutions to be really working. Uh, we need these institutions to be employing our people, but capacitate the state 
to also deliver in terms of the services. Mm. You know, I mean, just interestingly on this issue of the post office, we've seen now with the social relief of distress grant, the massive role that the points of presence of the post office have played in getting that grant to the people Mm. in places where there are no ATMs, in places where there are no money markets of some of the big retailers. And they still have more points of presence than a lot of the retailers, if if we think about it, especially the two main ones, Big and Bay and ShopRite. But if you then add to that, Uh, What the Department of Health is saying is now the delivery of chronic medication to many poor working class black people in South Africa via the post office. Uh, Its liquidation is certainly going to have a disastrous impact. Absolutely. And and I I just want to raise that in 2007, it was Communication Workers Union uh, that raised that proposal that medication should be delivered to Mm. post office. Now, people are stealing ideas coming up to, to look like they're smart. Uh, but it was workers who raised that thing. And not only that, we've also raised the question that the textbooks in schools must actually be delivered by post office. The reason, if you remember, there was a time when they were making tenders to find textbooks being thrown into the river at the time and so on. Mm. So there's a lot of work that post office can do. And of course, you are quite right. Uh, if you think about it, the poor of the poor are going to suffer more if post office uh, is going to be liquidated. So it's something that we are going to fight. And I'm happy that to a certain degree, the minister agrees on this point, that we cannot allow post office to collapse. If you think about someone who has to send a parcel from Limpopo to Cape Town, mm. uh, you'll spend less than 40 rands. But if you were to use the, the, the multinational companies, you're expecting to, uh, to spend about 300 rand, which brings us to the second point, Ayabunga. The point of um, the ICASA cutting the subsidy of post office. You know, you regulate the prices of post office not to uh, charge people more, which mm, is a good thing, mm. but you don't subsidize it, but you still want it to compete with multinational companies that are charging high prices. So if, if someone in Limpopo has one le- uh, uh, parcel to send to Cape Town, with 40 rent, it will never get to Cape Town. So post office had to wait mm. for a number of parcels so that it can make a package to, to be sent to Cape Town. But with that other one, you'll be able to send it immediately. And it will appear as if the multinational company, companies are efficient and they are delivering on time and so on. So it's very important that we bring this discussion, particularly going to the ANC policy conference. I was about Unfortunately, to ask you that. Yeah. I was about to ask you that because... Yeah. Many of your members, of course, would also be members of the Communist Party, of the ANC as well. Many of them, of course, um, and of course they don't go into ANC platforms as members of KU or the CWU or even the SACP, but as ANC members in their own right. But surely some of these issues that you are raising, Nopala, should find expression in some of the discussion documents and communications and the battle of ideas. I must say, having read those documents, I don't see them there. Yes, uh well, we, we, we submitted uh, through COSA to some of the things, and we are going there. But uh, it, there's one challenge that we have in this country. If you look at most of the policies of the ANC uh, dating back since they, they took over government, are beautiful policies. Um, they, there's no implementation. That, that's one area that we face as a working class. But on this issue, there, there, there was a space for us to make submission particularly around the issues of post office, the broadcasting itself, uh, you know, where, where we even said that there's more regulation to conventional broadcasters as compared to 
your online broadcasters, which are multinationals, which kills the jobs in South Africa, and you don't get the exonerate revenue out of that. So those are some of the things that we are going to express. So, but we want the ANC that will have these policies but implementable as well in government because there's no use for us to campaign for the African National Congress uh, to, to, to put up these good documents. But when the ANC arrives in government, it's a different animal altogether, uh, which goes contrary to what we, 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 we as workers want to deal with. So I think those are just simple challenges that the working class are facing. But uh, at the bottom line, we ought to have a united workers' force. Uh, with all these divisions that are happening in the labor, is not assisting. Nobala, thank you very much uh, for your time. Really appreciate it. And uh, we're going to be watching quite closely, I guess, insofar as MTN and Telcom is concerned. And, uh, yeah, I'm just wondering if things don't go your way insofar as this is concerned, uh, what we might potentially see from yourselves as a response. Uh, indeed, we're going to approach the institutions, uh, amongst others, Competition Commission, so that we bang the economy. So we are going to fight till the bitter end. Thank you very much for sure. your time. Obri Shabalala is the General Secretary of the Communication Workers Union, uh, speaking to us for our tech conversations.